Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. Y- you got... Ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my. Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes. I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need- to help you drift off into the dreamland. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, 
so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today we are humbled. We are honored to have with us two incredible guests. We are talking about the hosts of the Bachelors in the City podcast, Peter Weber and Dusty. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, guys? It is great to be here with y'all in the pit. I can't believe it. You guys are wearing your Do You Hooju t-shirts. We can't thank you enough for that. We can't thank you enough for joining us. And we have a bunch of questions that we want to get to. We came on your show a little while back, and we went through your rookie seasons, season 15 of The Bachelorette. That was Hannah Brown. And today, we're going to get into season 24 of The Bachelor, which is, at least by our understanding, the first professional season ever. It's the first, the beginning of the professional era. We'll get into kind of why that is and everything as we go. But before we get into (laughs) any of that, we want to ask both of you guys some questions that are just kind of germane to like what your relationship to media is and how you grew up and how all of that kind of influences your experience in the biggest reality franchise in the world. So let me start by asking this. Where did you both grow up and what was your media intake like? What kind of TV shows did you watch or music or video games, whatever you did? I'll let you take it, Desi. Go for it. All righty. So I'm from southern Illinois, very small town, um, about five hours south of Chicago, right on the border of Missouri and Kentucky. And um, man, media, a lot of, I guess, a lot of reality TV. Um, Mm. As a kid, a young kid. You're As a kid, I used to love coming home from work and watching like the Maury Show and like Jerry minute, Springer. What? How huh? old were you working? <laughs> oh, did I say work? I mean, <laughs> coming home from school. My bad. <laughs> I think that's a little confused at the end. Whoopsie do. Like, uh, I mean, I definitely wasn't Whoopsie working. Do. Coming home from school. Sorry, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of reality TV, like the Maury Show or Jerry Springer, and like uh, let's make a deal and uh, who wants to be a millionaire. That was like those exciting shows to me. I think those were also on ABC. A lot of them. Um, I used to watch those with my grandparents, and uh, yeah, that's probably about oh, it. Company man. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Pete? Wait, what did you oh. like about Maury and Jerry Springer? What was like that like to watch <laughs> as a kid? <laughs> probably shouldn't have been watching Jerry Springer, but. Uh, I don't know. I kind of knew as a kid it was trash TV and it was just funny seeing all these characters just on there, just acting wild with no shame. Um, I don't know. I just always thought it was hilarious. Okay. I would say, uh, so I grew up in, uh, I'm from the East Coast, born out of Virginia, and then moved down to Florida for a little bit, but grew up mainly, you know, end of middle school through uh, just the last year up out in LA. And as a kid, I, so I was a big, big Disney fan, loved the Disney Channel original movies, um, you know, would look forward to those every month. Big, Ooh, like what? Um, this, man, bring me back now. This is, uh, Brink was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> uh, I probably watched that a million times. Peter, you Brink. were a Disney kid. You were a Disney <laughs> kid. I, I, I don't know why you always say that. <laughs> I would have loved to have been. That would have been so cool. He's but, a Disney kid. Um, shoot, what's, um, 
uh, the 13th year. I remember that was one of my favorite ones with the mermaid swimmer guy. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I was a huge Disney fan. Oh, do you like the nautical sports? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a big swimmer too. Did you too. skateboard? N- no, I was, I was in a rollerblading. I did that for like a, a hot minute, but definitely was, I was a big, I was a junior Olympic swimmer. So I was really big into swimming when I was younger. Uh, so that was the whole 13th year, I think connection. But, um, and then I would say I was always a big game show fan. Um, like Dusty said, like, you know, millionaire amazing race i loved watching that fear factor the days with joe rogan um i uh, i loved watching i wouldn't say really reality tv i didn't i didn't honestly see ever the first season i ever watched the bachelor was was jake's the pilot season my freshman year of college um Jake's that was really the, my first yeah fourteen, i believe man you guys are good yeah i don't even know what season it was but um that was my first intro to reality the first pilot and i remember actually meeting him it was so funny in the airport i was like this probably like 19 then yeah my sophomore year or something right after um but uh, yeah so i wasn't a huge reality fan until uh i would say college and what was your first experience each of you with social media like when did you get your first account what even was that account mine was myspace yeah i was a senior in high school I was a little late to it, I think, but uh, yeah, I had a, a MySpace, and it was so interesting. It was kind of cool, kind of fun. Um, I grew up in a small town, so I don't even know why we had it, because everyone, it was such a small town, it's not like you could go out and meet new people around. Um, but it was cool to put like your your favorite song on your front page, um, totally. and you could design I, yeah. your front page however you wanted it. Um, I thought it was the coolest thing. Rank your friends. Yeah, rank your, yeah, rank your friends. Um, very cool. Yeah, that's what I had. I, I would say I was always late to the game with every kind of level of, of social media. Like MySpace, I was one of the you know last ones in my friend group to get that. But you know, I ended up enjoying it. And then Facebook, I remember um, I remember when, when I signed up, it was like supposed to be just for college kids. Like that was like the original intent, I think. And then, um, but I think I, I, I got it in high school or something or, uh, or attempted to or whatnot. And then you uh, fake, Instagram. You used a fake email, didn't you? Probably. I don't, honestly yeah. don't remember that. But um, <laughs> then Instagram, I remember my brother. Popeye at Harvard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. Because I, I went to Baylor and I had, yeah, my, my, uh, my Baylor email was my, maybe I didn't, maybe I did do it in college then because I used my Baylor email uh, for Facebook. And then Instagram, my brother was the whole reason that Pilot Pete ever came to fruition. He, he told me to make an Instagram account. He, my younger brother, too, which is hilarious. And uh, I was, like, late to the game for that. And I was like, I don't know what to make for my name. He's like, yeah, do uh, Pilot underscore Pete. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. And then um, just kind of did that. And, uh, yeah, I was always late to the game with social. I've never been the biggest social media guy. Like, I've always kind of had to been, be forced or, you know, kind of told or whatnot to kind of get into it. Um, yeah, so that's, just been, that's been me. Wait a minute. Let me take you guys back. Actually, the first thing I was on was MSN chat. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. Does MSN? that count? Is that really no. social media? What is that? I mean, you, yeah. have a, you have a profile. Like you're chatting with, what's that? Like AIM? Instant Messenger? Yeah, yeah Instant Messenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was my first one. I remember that. And I remember actually you could do, uh, you could talk to people all around the world and whatnot. That was actually pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I don't even know. I've never heard of that. Okay, oh, before awesome. your time, youngin. <laughs> so, uh, Peter, I need to get this out of the way before we get lost in the weeds. Do you play Pokemon Go? You know, I I don't. I've downloaded the app and I need to. I'm a huge. I'm the biggest Pokemon fan ever. So, um, 
I've never never really gotten into the Go thing. I'm a big card collector. That's my my go-to. And then, you know, getting nostalgic, mm. you know, Game Boy back in the day was all the Pokemon games when I was little. I was obsessed with those, but never been a, a big Go fan. Now's the time. It's at the peak of its popularity. Yeah, I guess New York, too, is probably a per- perfect spot yeah, to, go, <laughs> to go catch them all. So. Getting into some more Bachelor-centric stuff. You guys obviously came into the game both with the most for TRR of intentions for the right reasons. But in the contemporary era, especially when you guys played, everybody comes into the game at least with some awareness that you can potentially become an influencer out of this, that maybe you're going to get a big Instagram boost. When was the first moment that you guys felt like in your playing time, like, holy shit, this might actually be happening. Like, this might be the result of me coming into the game. I think for, I think for Peter too, probably, um, we had a, um, a rugby um, event with Hannah Brown and I remember they brought out a crowd of people yeah. and there were so mm. many girls out there and they were just like yelling for like like really going crazy just to like see us and like and they I think some of them knew our names already because some of our names were leaked oh, and at whoa. that point I was like oh they're serious they knew JPJ this is, this, I remember that yeah whoa. I was like oh this is serious they, this is this, they're not lying because I never really watched a show like you really blow up from the show. And I think that's what you it can for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember we had a um, I mean, yeah, obviously, everyone knows in today's era for sure. You know, it, a lot of people can get a big platform from it. But we had a talk uh, early, early on, just like a, it's like, you know, a sit down chat with one of the producers, one of the top you know execs there. And he just was kind of. um welcoming us all to the whole experience and kind of what to expect moving forward and you know he was like um you know this is a crazy you know this is a very unique thing that you guys are embarking on right now this you know potentially you could you know meet you know uh the love of your life and this could you know be the start of a a great life together with that it's going to come a lot of stuff with the media and it was kind of like the first kind of media training that we ever not really training but just like talk we ever had about he's like and you know one of you in here a couple of you here are gonna probably blow up on social media and it's crazy to say one of you in here will probably be the bachelor and it's like you know it's that's always crazy this is you know his words always crazy for me to uh you know not know who it is at this moment and i think that was for me the first time i was like wow yeah just kind of hearing it from someone's mouth that's you know actually been doing this for a couple of years and whatnot and what to possibly expect um that was like the first time i kind of maybe thought about that but um but then like you you really don't i guess yeah the whole thousand people i remember it was like around a thousand people that were at the rugby tournament or the rugby game that kind of brings it back a little bit but <laughs> when you're when you're in it you really don't think you're just you're so removed from from everything like you you don't like you said you don't have your phone or anything you're so removed from it it's maybe after when you get everything back and you're back to normal life that that stuff even starts to possibly be a thought again but that media conversation you have with a producer that's before you guys start shooting they bring you in and sit you down and say this is potentially what could happen to you it was once you're once you're already there once you're like already kind of in the house um after but like early the, on in the season. Yeah, early on. It just like Man, that's fascinating. Just, you know, kind of opening your eyes that this is it's kind of a life-changing thing and yeah. um, you know, you never really quite know how it's all going to turn out, but um, you yeah. know who else has conversations like that? 
professional football players, basketball players, baseball players. When you get drafted into those <laughs> leagues, they have the exact same thing happen. They'll yeah. have a person from the NFL or Major League Baseball or whatever come in, sit you down. Sometimes individual teams have that person, and they basically tell you, like, you're about to get rich. You're about to get famous. This is how your life is going to change, and here's how to properly handle that so you don't go off the rails or, or whatever the case may be. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. It was, and it was, it, I mean, it was all like having our back and everything. It wasn't like, uh, it was, it was, it was a good conversation, but yeah, bring that question kind of brought that, brought me back to that, that moment. So you are looking around the room, you're like, some of us might blow up, but Peter, you eventually do get that call. You are the bachelor. What was it like to receive that call? It was, uh, it was exciting. It was super exciting. Uh, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of a, a period there where, um, you don't know what's going on for a while and you're, you know, held in suspense. And, um, you know, I was, I obviously, I, I think everyone that kind of watched me through, like I probably bought into it right too much into the whole process. And so I was like, you know, just, just full of excitement and like optimism that if, if I was the one that was chosen, like I was going to go, I was just a, f- a few short months from, you know, really having my life change forever. Cause I was about to meet, you know, my, my dream girl that it was finally going to work out with. So, you know, you know, maybe I put too much pressure on me too or whatnot in hindsight, but, uh, it was, uh, it was an exciting call. I remember it vividly. And, uh, we kind of did a cool thing with, um, you know, telling my family and kind of keeping it a secret to, to then reveal it to them. And, uh, so that was, that was exciting. It was kind of hard to keep, but, uh, you know, obviously yeah, there's not many people that kind of go through that. So it was, it was an honor, honestly, for me, I was like, man, this is, this is, you know, quite the honor and I'm not going to take it lightly and just be super grateful for it. And, um, I was just looking forward to to a lot. So your season starts, season 24. <clears throat> As we talked about, this is what we deem the first season of the professional era. It's the last season before the pandemic. And what we mean by the professional era is that this season has what we feel are two players who come in who have seen enough of the show through adolescence and childhood that they just kind of intrinsically know what the different kind of game mechanics are. And those two players are your two finalists, Hannah Ancelos and Madison Pruitt. And so we want to just kind of go through some of the like most important things that happened in that season that really defined it and get your perspective as a lead, which is like, you never get to hear this, what it is like from that person's perspective, who's like at the center of all of this, trying to maintain it all so that it doesn't fall apart, even though things are going crazy constantly. You're like in the eye of a hurricane, basically, yeah. at least from our estimation. That's what it looks <laughs> like from an outside observer's yeah. viewpoint, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so on your night one, producers throw in a night one curveball. This is when they introduce some element that is meant to drastically shift the game and get all the players really anxious and like, oh shit, what's going on? And in your case, they bring back Hannah Brown. What is that like for you seeing her step out of the limo and I assume just being like, shit, what is going on here? Because obviously you didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, it was... Um I think I've said, I've said it a couple of times here. I, so I remember when, you know, that, that, you know, it took a while for, she, she was by herself in that limo. So there was no, no other girls, um, throughout the night, obviously there's multiple limos that come through and she was the only one in that one. And it was one of the last ones. And, um, I was just sitting there for a while waiting for the, for the door to open. And it just wasn't, I'm just like thinking like, you know, 
what's going to go on here. And really in my mind was not expecting it to be her at all. So she opened that door. And at first I didn't actually realize it was her. I just, you know, noticed this beautiful girl and, you know, great big smile and, and whatnot. And, and then like, I could look closer and I like took a double take. I was like, wow, it's, yep, that's Hannah. And then it just like, it, 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 I remember being like kind of just flooded with like emotions. I was like, cause I didn't know also what she was doing, like why she was there. I didn't know she was there to give me wings or you know, my wings back. Um, when I gave them to her mm-hmm. the previous season and, um, you know, she's walking up and I'm thinking, you know, I think at that point I was like, you know, obviously hopeful. Maybe she's, you know, she's, I think cause she was, but she was filming another show. She was doing the dancing with the stars thing. And so I remember thinking leading up to the show, I'm like, huh, I wonder if they would do that, if they'd bring her back, if she'd even want to come back. But I'm like, eh, I don't think logistically that could ever work. And so then I'm just like, my, the wheels start turning. And I'm like, I wonder why she's here, why she's here. And uh, you know, I think a part of me wanted her to like say, oh, she wanted to come and give it a shot. Um, that would have been a crazy, crazy, I don't even know what that would have been. But um, yeah, and I just, I was ever flooded with emotions, I remember. And just, it was a really sweet, sweet gesture by her. And I uh, just was, you know, it was really good to see her. And, uh, you know, and then I think a little bit of me was like, you know, like, ah, Okay, she's not coming in. And then I quickly got over that, though. And, you know, obviously I just met 30 other women and I was excited to get that going. Um, But it was a quick kind of just time was like frozen for a second. And I was like, I had forgot that I just met 30 other women. And I like immediately kind of went back to her. And I had to quickly kind of gather myself again and pull myself out of that little, you know, not trance, but just wherever headspace I was in. Um, so I remember taking, I had to go, yeah, take like a moment after and then kind of compose myself. And then that's the first time you go in to greet all the women um, waiting in the, um, in the mansion there. So yeah, just a lot of emotions. Did it give you any pause that you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What have I gotten myself into? Because like you said, you didn't know she's going to show up. This is obviously something the producers are doing to try and throw everybody off their game that night. Yeah. Is there any small piece of you that was just like, oh, Jesus, this is night one they're doing this to me? Yeah, I I think I think <laughs> for sure I was like, holy shit, like what am I doing right now? <laughs> um, like if that's the first night, like how is I for sure I was like sold I, and I was shocked that she didn't. I was sold that she was coming back at the end. Yeah. I was sold the entire time, even through all my other relationships starting to mature. And, you know, obviously I didn't even know she was going to be in the group date until a lo- little bit later on, which was you know, only like a week later. But towards the end of the show, I was so convinced like in Australia, I'm like, I know she's coming. And I kept asking like the producers, I'm like, you know, is this happening? Like I just was pushing them for it. Cause I just like, I don't, I was so sold that they were going to do that to me at the end. Um, and you know, obviously it didn't happen, but um, dude, we were too. Like, yeah, I I literally you were thought, convinced by the previews too. That's what I thought your mom was talking about when Sweet Nums is saying, "Bring her home, bring her home to us." I was like, yeah. "That's Hannah Brown. She's got to come back." That's yeah. I, that could have totally made sense. I remember we were flying out to um, we were flying out to the Uluru, the, the Northern Territory, there for one of those last dates, and uh, it just wouldn't. I had the whole. It was like a forty-five minute flight out there, and with one of the top producers there, I was just like. I was asking, like, is this happening? Just you got to be real with me. Like, I, I, I can only handle so much. I'm about to break here if like this happens. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, but yeah, never happened. But I think that first night is what got me kind of going so crazy in my head. I'm like, shit, if they're doing this, you never know what's gonna happen next. Yeah. Yeah. And you're expecting her the whole time, which I'm sure has gotta derail you at least somewhat. Yeah. Um. Night one, Hannah and Celeste plays the role of what we call the first responder, where she hands you your drink. 
That's a sign of producer favor. She cringles you a painting during your one-on-one time, gets the first consensual kiss, comes back, gets a steal later in the night, gets another steal to do another kiss, essentially three one-on-one times, and she gets the Fimp Bros. This is, in our minds, the greatest night one in history. How did you make that decision to give her the Fimp? Was everyone on board with the decision? <laughs> the Fimp. Um... Oh, the first impression. Really yeah, exciting. yeah, no, yeah. I just thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> literally, never, never heard that. Time. I don't even realize. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, I mean, Hannah Ann. I mean, you guys. Anyone that watched that first episode, she just, she just was, you know, just absolutely stunning. Right. That's the first impression anyone is. You know how that you remember them, how they look, right, coming up to you, and then I say, "Wow, this girl is absolutely gorgeous," and then just her sweetness just exuded from her, you know, on top. It's almost like, I think for Hannah M, I remember, yeah, I I talked with her really early on and it was almost like, you know, those girls in like high school that it's just like, they're just too hot. And like, they, you can't ever, it's too good to be true. Like they're, they can't be also really cool. Like they know how like good looking they are. They, they just, they've had heard Mm -hmm. that their whole life and just, it's like kind of gotten stuck in their head, unfortunately and whatnot. I think I had that. I was like, oh man, like this is, there's no way this girl's actually really cool too. Like she's just too pretty for that. Like something has to be off here. And I think even like in the beginning, I was like, oh man, is this, is this real? Like, you know, she was so sweet. Like it, it almost seemed like too good to be true. And, um, it just wasn't like she just she was that's who she is that's who hannah ann is and uh it was it got me really excited you know quickly after having hannah brown there you know and kind of being in that headspace then you know having those talks with hannah ann and then she was you know i got to see her a couple times throughout the night and um you know the i thought it was super thoughtful the the painting with her dad you know bringing that to me um just touched me a lot of ways and i was like it just yeah it got me excited i was like hey maybe maybe she isn't too good to be true and uh Mm -hmm. that was the start of that uh the following week at a cocktail party one of the most important events of your season takes place champagne gate (laughs) and this is something that we will never forget about it was one of the most entertaining things that season are there just bottles of champagne everywhere or there only two? Are you aware of the fact at all as a lead that like all these little kind of mini dates are being set up all around the mansion, all around the backyard and the producers may or may not be trying to sabotage various players. Like how do you navigate a cocktail party like that when all of these other players, cause you all you've been a player on the opposite end of it too. So you've seen it from both ends I assume you have to have a little sympathy for the players in that respect because you've like had to do what they're doing. You too, Dustin. So even when you're watching this kind of stuff, Dustin, like when you see Champagne Gate, who are you empathizing with when you're watching this shit at home? And how are you like navigating that as a viewer who's also been a player? I felt bad for both girls, actually. I mean, I don't think it was Hannah Ann's fault at all that she just happened to pick up a a uh, champagne bottle that the producers had, you know, probably sat there on purpose. Um, and I felt a little bad for Kelsey, too, because it was, I don't know, I just felt bad for both of them. I don't know. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know whose side I would really take, but I did feel, well, I didn't feel bad. I thought it was hilarious. But, yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, it like... was good to me. I didn't yeah. feel bad, but, yeah. I honestly, I, 
I don't know how I didn't. I literally have been. I just recently got asked. One of my uh, my buddies from uh, my 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 new hire class at United. He's watching the season back. I told him not to. He's watching the season back. He'd never seen it. And he's watching it back with his wife, and he's like, "How did you?" He just seen that um that episode with the champion. Like, how did you not just bust up laughing? And I honestly don't know because I watch it back now and it's absolutely hilarious. But I think I just was like, I so felt so bad for her that I just I. I don't know why. I didn't bust you, up laughing, but you it got was the hell funny. out of the way. That's for sure. You just person. stood up right away. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It was, but I mean, even like those scenarios where it's like clearly the producers are setting these things up to like get in players' ways. Do you guys ever, as leads or players, talk to each other about like, oh, the producers are doing this? Like, let it go. You know, because people get really riled up about this, or at least that's what it looks like in the show. But I mean, we just saw in Bachelor in Paradise. Brendan is trying to explain to Demi something and they left it in the show. He's like, the producers are screwing with us. He says something like that to her. It's in the show. So I assume you guys have those conversations. Honestly, so you're not, you're not privy to that, any of that information. Like I had no idea, you know, when the whole, this, then the whole blow up with, you know, Hannah Ann and, and Kelsey started. I didn't even know why that was the blow up. I, I, you don't. You really, especially as a lead, I think you were mm. left out of so much, and it's done on purpose, I'm sure, right? Because if you knew everything, then you could figure it out, and then there really wouldn't be that much of a TV show with drama or whatnot. So there's literally, I knew nothing, and I kept just like wishing like I could just, you know, not in a creep way, right? But just have like cameras in the house in like the common areas so I could just see uh-huh. literally what happened and like watch it after like I got back to my, my hotel for the night and just actually see who was telling the truth, what actually went down, because going from person to person it's just you're not getting anywhere and you don't know who to believe and you barely know these people at this point um but i would say yeah as the lead you know even less and it's probably done on purpose but that's just the way it is yeah you're not going back through watching all the tapes (laughs) being like i I rule in favor (laughs) of this person in champagne gate (laughs) i would have loved to have been able to do like a complete retake redo of everything but like actually have the facts like ahead of time, it would have, it would just would have gone so differently. Um, but again, it wouldn't have been a TV show. So what right. are you going to do? Um, week three, you guys travel to Cleveland. You have your one-on-one date with Victoria Fuller at an amusement park. You have a private concert with Chase Rice. Seem to be having a great time. Then you find out Victoria Fuller was romantically involved with Chase Rice and you don't know about this. She doesn't seem to know about this. Rice doesn't seem to know about this seems like everybody is coming into this blind do you ever have a conversation where you're like come on (laughs) you're putting her ex as the musical guest (laughs) how did that how did that feel (laughs) I think I think I told you guys I don't the last time we talked but so I totally acted that 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 night at dinner I knew and I only knew because I wanted my iPad. Wait, oh, <laughs> you Everyone, knew while you were at the concert? I don't think no, you told us. Didn't know, I didn't know at the concert. I had no idea at the concert what was going on. I love Chase Rice. I've always been a big fan. And so they wouldn't, I didn't put two and two together. Like I wasn't allowed to tell. It was going to be a surprise, right, for Victoria. So we walk up and um, had no idea that uh, they had dated or whatnot. I ended up, you know, going to talk to Chase after. He doesn't tell me anything. No one's telling me anything. Um, but then I, Back at before the before that night portion of the day, I went on my iPad, and uh, the only reason I had my iPad was because I had to bid for work to get work off um, from my airline schedule. Well, 
now I can say it, but I went on and I looked up a little something and I saw all this stuff. Chase Rice, the ex-boyfriend or something. I'm like, Holy wait, shit. what? Oh <laughs> I remember being gosh. in a room and I'm like, are you freaking kidding? Like, I remember thinking, how many other things have we already gone through like just in these couple of weeks where I have no idea like what actually just went down? And um, But I saw that and I'm like, well, I, I, had to, I can't like act like I know now. Like, so she's probably going to tell me here tonight. So I remember watching that back. And like, I'm just like <laughs> full on acting job. I'm like, wait, Chase Rice from the concert. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I already knew that. But it was. Um, oh, my I, gosh. The I, pilot's I, iPad saved you. The pilot's iPad. No one knew that. And so I think, um, again, I think I told you guys were the first ones. But uh, Jesus. I remember thinking that it wasn't even that big of a deal. I'm like, you know. I didn't care if they if they weren't dating still. Who cares? Like you, I've dated people sure. in the past. Why why is this a big deal? I get it. Might it was probably uncomfortable for her, but um, I remember it was like this. It became this huge thing, and like we had to like really talk about it. I'm like, it's, it's just a previous relationship. Like we're past it. Like let's pursue our relationship. Um, but yeah. But I mean, did you think that that was coincidental? Did, was there any part of you or or like? Or Victoria Fuller, were you guys talking openly about like the producers are trying to blow us up with this? I just remember like, again, you had to play the game there, right? I couldn't tell the producers that I knew, but I'm just in my mind. I just, I felt it was kind of dumb. I was just like, guys, why are we blowing? This is not a big deal. They are, they're, she, it's not like she's like leaving me right now to go for him for the, for the, for the concert for Chase or, or whatnot. Like it, it's not like they're still dating. It's not like there's a scandal where she, you know, is dating him and is on the show with me. So I just remember like, I was kind of over it. I was like, guys, it's just, it's not a big deal. And I had to feed into it a little bit cause I couldn't tell him I knew, but, um, mm. I don't know. God, that's they, fascinating. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so also that week you have a one-on-one date with Kelsey Weir for me personally. Kelsey Weir is the greatest hoojuer of all time. Kelsey's a good hoojuer. She did like, oh my God, Olympic level shit is what she would turn in every time. So I have to ask you, as the recipient of the greatest hooju ever in the history of the game, what is it like? A, what is it like to just be the recipient of hoojus? What is it then like to be the recipient of the greatest hooju of all time, which was not actually this one. It was what Kelsey Weir did in uh, Costa Rica the following week, but- this Suji was up there. This was like a nine point seven, nine point eight. Her practice. Yeah, I um, she she was she was a great hujuer. I I think actually the uh, the best huju was in. We went on a date in um, Peru when we went ATVing, and like she was coming down a hill. It was a little bit of a slope. Yes. And she was like, you know, getting some speed, and like I was standing at the bottom of the hill on like the slope, and just all that like momentum, like almost like back. I almost fell backwards. Yes, um, dude, that's the one but, I was talking about. Oh, that's She's the like one. a dead sprint down this fucking hill. She does like almost a triple jump. She's yeah. like boom, 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 double leg plant, just like launches she's into very you. Athletic. It does look like she's gonna knock you over. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, back. in terms of being the recipient, what is that like? Do you have to brace yourself? Do you like what is it like the moment right before a mount, right before she leaps? Are you like, oh <laughs> shit, I hope I don't fall down. <laughs> I think you like you you want to like make sure that it's like not awkward like it's because it's I mean you don't really do that in real life obviously like you can you're meeting someone like in New York outside of a bar for a date and they just like start sprinting up, sprint up to them <laughs> it's so good like this never happens in real life so you don't have practice if and you wear that shirt more it will <laughs> you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this does all right the next couple of dates ago I'm gonna wear this out there I'll update you guys but it's uh 
yeah, I think for me, I'm just like trying to like make sure I catch her right and like we don't bang heads because like I had had like a lot of clumsy moments before like with picking up girls or whatever like it. So I had my share of clumsiness. So I whenever like a hooju would happen, like I try to like try to make it smooth or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, Kelsey, she knocked it out every single time out of the park. Yeah, you also had some bad hoojus on your season. No offense. The hooju is a subsport that some people can do, some people can't. Madison Pruitt had one of the worst ones we've ever seen. Where she <laughs> one of the worst ones. <laughs> one of the worst ones. I forget which date it was on. You guys meet on a dock. She comes up to you. It's kind of a weak mount. She doesn't even get any leg wrapping around you. Oh, yeah. It's just like yeah. kind of a dead-legged hooju. I, it was like uh, she was a great I think, player, just a bad hoojuer. I think we uh, we would. I think yeah, I would. I'd make fun of her for that because we had this little like mermaid uh, jump that we would do. <laughs> we would, yes, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about because she would never yeah wrap her legs and it would always look like she was a mermaid. Um, so <laughs> we had a little in, inside joke about that. Her that mermaid jump, I love that. Yeah. Clues, underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the wild west, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my... <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven 
topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Uh, extraordinary who doer Kelsey Weir week four in Costa Rica does a knock knock she does a little bit of a make me stay and you pull a rose out of what looks like the couch she secures to what we believe is the first knock knock rose in bachelor history did you know what she was coming to discuss how did this come about I don't and remind me again why why what did she discuss what did she she was I believe having an altercation with Tammy Tammy, yeah. Oh, it was with the, with the um, like the pill popping accusation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was gonna be her. Uh, you know, she comes up, surprises me. I knew there was gonna be someone coming, right? Because you're getting ready for it. But you know, obviously, you don't know who who it is. And um, was super excited. You know, I was I was really into Kelsey. Um, so I was, you know, it was awesome to have some one on one time with her away from everyone else and not necessarily having to be like on a group date, but just to kind of chill. And, um, you know, I just remember wanting to make her feel, I could tell that she was a little bit unsure of like where she was in the whole process and then having the accusations and the drama with Tammy and whatnot. And she was a little stressed. So I just remember telling the producers I wanted to give her a rose uh, then. And no, you know, no one told me to do that. Um, and then I think, yeah, the way it was cut, it looked like I remember going out to get it. And then I had it like behind in my like shorts, like behind under my shirt. Uh-oh. And then I brought it with me into the room because obviously she would have seen it if it was in the couch there. And so that's how I hit it getting in. But um, yeah, just wanted to give her that validation and, and not have her be kind of so stressed out because I was, you know, I was feeling it there. You invented the knock knock rose. Yeah, you really did. I mean, that was the first one we ever saw. Oh, really? Jesse Palmer handed out the first first impression rose, similarly tucked into the waistband of his shirt, okay. in his uh, suit jacket. So you're trying to, pulling off a little bit of that right there. Yeah, historical. You got to switch it up a little bit, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah. Uh, in week five, you have a, a group date cocktail party where you eliminate Victoria Paul before the rose ceremony. Is that something you have to negotiate with producers if you're going to do an early elimination like outside of the rose ceremony? Or can you just do it at any time? No, that was just that was in the uh, that was in the moment. I I remember. Yeah, it was just a super uncomfortable talk. And I remember we were. Yeah, we were on that couch that that was. Yeah. At the in Chile. Uh, was it Chile? Yeah. And um, 
I, I just remember because we'd had like, uh, you know, she was one of the first one-on-ones I had and it, it went really well and I was really excited about it. But then just again, kind of the process of the show that it either can continue going well or it can lose some of that energy, obviously, just because you don't have another one-on-one for such a long time. And I don't think ours, our relationship was strong enough to really kind of maintain that large of a gap between quality to like a really quality time with each other. And so I kind of, I, I guess I just known for a little bit and she could probably sense it a little bit and it just, it was uncomfortable. And, you know, she, um, I just, I didn't want to, you know, drag it out, I guess, anymore with her. Um, I think she, you know, was still holding on to a lot of that momentum from, from originally like early on in the season. And, uh, I guess to answer your question, no, like I, that wasn't like talked about with producers. I just in the moment knew that, okay, this is where this conversation's going. And, um, you know, I had to walk her out. Week seven is hometowns. This is more of a just kind of general question about hometowns for a lead. We kind of perceive hometowns as like the point in the game where the lead really now has to start playing a little bit of a game. You're yeah. at least traditionally trying to get blessings from the families. You're trying to get what we call glows, which is when you walk in and a mom or a dad will tell either their child or you potentially, I can tell you're glowing. It's kind of like an admission <laughs> that you're you're visually in love. Right. And so how nerve wracking is that week or is it kind of like um is it kind of okay because you have the buffer of like a tv crew with you so yes you have to go meet these four families but it's it's under the guise of this big kind of like tv production does that help you does that hinder you what is it like to meet four families back to back to back to back well you didn't meet victoria fuller's family but you were about to but you know what i mean like what i can't imagine what that is like it's funny, yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about that, but that's specifically what you're asking. Um, you know, I think there's, I think everybody's nervous, right? Every, I mean, I'm, I was nervous for sure because you want to make a, such a, you know, a great impression, you know, meeting the family of, of the girl that you're, you know, pretty serious with. Um, you know, the the girl was probably maybe the least nervous, I would say, just because she's so excited to see her family because it's been so long. At least for me, like I remember I wasn't too, too, I was just so excited to see my family on Hannah's season. Uh, you know, it'd been so long. So um, you're like the one connector between the parties. So if there's anyone that's a little bit less nervous, it's maybe that person. But um, the families, you know, they're probably not used to this whole production, this whole, you know, this TV crew in your house, the cameras everywhere, lights, mics everywhere. Um, so I think there's a little bit of nerve. So I think it almost like knowing that everyone's a little bit nervous and not super, super comfortable. It almost makes you a little bit more comfortable because you're all in this kind of together and, um, helps you kind of connect in a, in a weird way. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed for the most part, I mean, for the most part, all the hometowns, uh, the ones that I got to go to. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, everyone's kind of nervous there. So it's, it's very, it's not natural. Um, you would you'd probably like to have longer, you know, more more one on one. Well, hey, listen, you're never gonna go straight usually to a, a hometown and ask for a blessing to marry their daughter the first time you ever met them, right? Like that's <laughs> that's not very normal. <laughs> so I know. Um, yeah, I think you just kind of take it for what it is, and um, you're buying into it. So you're like, all right, I'm going for this, and this is what I'm hoping it comes out of this. And if it does, great. If not, well, maybe we still have some time down the road, but. Very interesting, yeah, thing to go through. This this is just a side note, but Dustin or Peter, did either of you, when you were going on The Bachelorette, prepare your family at all for that possibility of having a hometown? Yeah, 
Uh, you did? Oh. Well, yeah, on the show, yeah. I mean, I don't know. My my parents didn't want me to have a hometown. They were like, you better not bring camera crews here or anything. <laughs> like, they were not having that at all. <laughs> um, and then, like, further down in the show, as, as you get further on, the producers, like, they get more information about you and your family. They get their telephone number just in case they have to start making those arrangements. So... Did you come up with like strategies or anything? Did you tell them like, look, if I get far enough in this, I'm coming here with a camera crew, whether you like it or not, and you got to be on your best behavior. Like I need you to be on my side in this shit. Yeah. I, no, I never really had that conversation. It's kind of hard to say. Um, for me, it takes me so long to fall for someone. Like I, I never saw that as being a reality. And I even told the producers like it takes mm. so long for me to like honestly fall for someone. And I, I just knew that wasn't going to happen. And I didn't even know who the Bachelorette was going to be until I got there that day. And, um, you know, I, I never really had my eye on uh, Hannah. You know, she was a great girl and a little bit of an age difference. But I was open to getting to know her. But I didn't think it was going to. I knew hometowns wasn't a possibility. Immediately. Yeah. Night one. Dang. Pretty much, yeah. So you were just like, fuck it, I'm going to see how long I can go. Maybe I'll get a trip overseas somewhere. Like, I, I was there, as last time we talked, Like, I was there for the experience. Like, Totally. I didn't go on there really to f- find love. I was open to it if it happened to happen, but I, I went on there for the experience. Like, That doesn't happen to everybody. You did find love. The good choice. With I know, Peter. right? Got this guy right here. We did. <laughs> we, we hooed you every night. Who'd you? Then you make a joke. 100% joke. <laughs> we don't. Is it really, though? Is it really a joke? I heard you would trip, my dog. I would love to see it. that. <laughs> um, almost every hometown date, you have a moment where the parents are asking the lead, basically, do you know if their kid is the one? Uh, Mass and Pruitt's father asked this. Are you supposed to not say this or are you supposed to just or they edit it out or um is there um i will say this way you're supposed to handle the parents i again can only speak on so much but i 100 percent butchered Mm -hmm. that question with how i really should have done it and that's i mean Mm -hmm. probably not saying much i wish i could go into more detail but i that's one thing that i was like oh I should have just done what I wanted to do here. And, you know, that would have been it. We'd figure out a way, you know, later on or whatnot. But um, that's one of the things that I butchered for sure. That's been better. To me, that's one of the most interesting parts of what a lead has to do is the interaction with these parents in these hometowns. Because it, like all the parents are going to ask you some version of like, are you picking my daughter or not? Right. And obviously you can't <laughs> say that. You can't, I mean, it goes against the show. You're to some degree contractually obligated to make sure you have a fulfilling into the season and all that shit. But it's like, these parents don't give a shit about that. In most cases, I think these parents are like skeptical of this whole process anyway. They've seen however many seasons. Exactly, of course. And that to me is like, that little dance that you have to do as a lead with those parents to me, I think is like one of the hardest things to do in the game to make a satisfying hometowns week without something like a Victoria Fuller happening where it just all blows up in your face or like who knows what you're going to have to deal with walking through that door. Right. Crazy brother, a crazy uncle, like whatever, you know, who's just going to sabotage the whole thing. I don't know. To me, that's like 
pro- a dead by animal my estimation funeral. the most nerve-wracking <laughs> week but i think i think i i mean obviously again it probably makes for good tv but i wish that if i had one wish for for something like for a change it'd be that you don't have to meet the families until the mm. end you know like you i'm not i would love to That's still you know question. i think it's cool to go and explore where that you know a girl where that guy's from and you know enjoy a, a date out in their you know neck of the woods and whatnot and hear about their family and have them you know really have be, that have that be the week where they kind of open up about that but i just wish that it's so di- like you just said it's impossible to navigate like i didn't do a good job of it and it's i don't even know how you do a good job of it without blatantly just saying yes this is the one person that i'm thinking and then all the other ones no i'm sorry i'm just here because you know i got to be here but there's just there is no good way to navigate that so i wish if i could change anything it'd be that you don't meet the family until the end if you were to get engaged with uh mm-hmm. you know and I, and I get that that okay, would be boring you no, don't you get can't the, do that I, I would this like to the, see you in that position, bro. I, it is I, so I, I don't want to be in that position. But yeah, it's like the only time you could be like, yeah, I'm in love with your daughter, but I'm also dating these two other girls. But it's, it's also it's a, we, so unnatural. So every single season, it's the same thing. You know, it's the parents. Well, are you sure? It's like, so let's switch it up a little bit. Let's, you know, let's change nah, it up. That's every, too boring. That's too boring. Okay. Could you imagine doing that in Dustin, real life? Could you imagine doing that in real life? What, like is the, what is the one thing you would change about this game if you could? What would I change about this game? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I would change. Honestly, that's a hard question. I didn't think about that. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I you would, would change. make there yeah, be eight okay. hometown dudes. Speaking of that, <laughs> I wish. I wish they would stop with those. I wish they would stop with the bullshit that happens every year. Like, it's like, hey, I feel this way about, like, let's just stop. Let's just be real. I'm sorry, my dog's really loud. Um, let's just be real and just stop with the with the typical bachelor shit that says, like, you know, I'm here for the right reasons, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Let's just be honest and open and just see how things work out. I don't know. Hmm. That's not the game, like though, man. The game that's has not these the- structured <laughs> pieces that players have to hit. I mean, that's it's been established over 25 years of evolution you know yeah, i guess <laughs> I the only thing of- you'd miss out with my su- suggestion is yeah you don't get the blessing and yes that's a big thing so i guess you got to find it but then i think yeah I, I did i even called up yeah i did mine after i did mine i didn't get any blessings actually at hometown so you don't need it there the most blessings has been three of four <laughs> how about zero for four <laughs> <laughs> has, has anyone done that am i the only person to not get one no there weren't blessings for many seasons oh, okay week gotcha. eight fantasy suites are in australia uh did you know that all three players were living together during fantasy suites week i believe this had not been done before i did yeah and I, you know, the producers were actually really cool about it. They they asked me what I thought about it, and you know, they had brought to my attention, "Hey, you're thinking about doing this. What do you think?" And I honestly, like, I didn't. Hindsight, I would have probably said no, but in the moment, I was like, "Yeah." And I gave them my blessing for. It. I was like, "Yeah, for sure." I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't know why I thought that though. I really don't because um, I think I remember my experience when you're like kind of secluded on your own. It's okay. I think it's kind of like you're really just in your feelings like with that person you're really just you know 
just when you're not on that date every, the whole day it's just your at least for me i was just talking to my producer about my feelings and what i what i'm thinking the future like the next couple of days what's going to happen i guess if you're living with each other it kind of distracts from that in a way so i wish i would have done a little bit more hard thinking mm. about that before i told them but yeah they were super upfront with me and asked me and i was i was like yeah that's fine Interesting. Yeah, to our knowledge, that was the first time that had happened. And then they obviously played it for some extreme drama as that week unfolded. But yeah. after your fantasy suites, you go into your finale, and obviously your mom plays a big part in that finale. Did yeah. you know going into this process, we had seen her obviously on your hometown in season 15. Did you know that she was going to essentially become the star of the season? <laughs> Did you have any feeling of that going into <laughs> it? Like my mom's going to blow up. I I mean, no, obviously there was no way to kind of predict that, but you know, it <laughs> mom's no best. I honestly, that's, that's all I can say with that. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm very close to my mom. So, um, you know, it's, it's been crazy to kind of see all this like support that she's, you know, gotten from, I, I mean, literally never could have predicted that in a million years. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, it's just me and my mom being real with each other and, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I mean, she, there was no way to predict that she's the first superstar parent that we've gotten from the show. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy, but <laughs> she had more screen time than any um, parent by a mile she probably did yeah honestly yeah, looking back on it but I think that was just my whole family was that was the whole point like I think my family was always going to be very involved with the with the season you know I was able to FaceTime I don't know if mm -hmm. you know leads have done that in the past maybe they have but I was able to talk with them a couple times you know throughout the season and obviously see them on you know the date um, early on in the season with the vow renewals and whatnot so I was all about that I was on board you know having them be a big part of it uh in the finale you have a ponder shot on a rock what is it what? like to do ponder shots what we call ponder, oh, ponder shots shot. where you're like sitting down you're looking off in the distance thinking about love they as the seasons always progress there are more and more of these shots that come in for players but leads have the most of them and yeah. in some cases like this one specifically that lizzie's talking about they have you like strangely precariously perched on this rock you're sitting on it with your legs kind of pulled up and it's like obviously a place no human being would ever be like <laughs> i'm gonna go sit on that rock that looks comfortable so like how do they set these shots up how long did they ask you to do this there was one this past season on uh, season 17 of Justin Glaze leaning against this giant tree out of the middle of nowhere. And you're just like, what the fuck are they doing to this guy? Um, no, honestly, like I, I did a lot of that on my own. Like I would just go out and just like on my own and I'd mm. like ask the camera crew to like follow me and I'd just be like, Hey, can you guys, you know, can you catch me just staring off into the distance? And <laughs> Oh, you directed these. Oh, no. That's I'm fucking incredible. With you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, guys. Like, I really I'm need to go, go do some stereo. You, you better come get this. And they're like, are we done yet? No, no, no. Get, like, two more minutes. Two, two more minutes. I'm, I'm almost. Wait. There we go. I'm good now. I actually low key believe this. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Dusty, for believing that. All right. Um, that's just. That's part of the show, man. That's That's part of. As part of the bachelor, contemplating and wondering what the hell you are doing in that moment. Because um, there's a lot of I didn't know what I was doing. So I will say, you know, I, I probably actually took a lot of advantage of that time to just kind of try to think and get in my head because I was so damn confused the entire time. So 
That's just part of the show. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job of confusing you. I think anybody in that situation would uh, be hard-pressed to know what was actually going on. And one of the final things they do to you is they tell you that um, Hannah Ann might not show up to the final rose ceremony. And to us, again, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like they kind of tried to do this with Madison Pruitt at the fantasy sweet rose ceremony. They did a similar kind of thing. She didn't show up, and then all of a sudden she comes in. And we know the producers have control over who's coming and going at what times. And it seems like this is something that they purposely did to kind of raise your stress and anxiety levels in this final moment Mm -hmm. that, at least by the standards of the show, is supposed to be the moment when you finally decide this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Um, How much are you like aware of the fact that they might be fucking with you? Are you do you like at all suspect that or are you just like so overwhelmed by it because obviously in the show like you have to lay down chris harrison's in there trying to like soothe you while he's also telling you this thing that may be a lie like how much does that kind of factor in to your entire experience of moments like that that like you don't maybe know if this is real or not uh is truly the most difficult one of the most difficult things, like I, well, for sure, like emotional turmoil wise, toughest thing I've ever had to experience in my life. And I got to remember mm-hmm. that, like, just because, like, really at the end there, like, I, I did. I had feelings for, for all three of them. Yes, some were stronger than others, but I had strong, legitimate feelings for all three of them. And I remember that, like, that, uh, the fantasy suite rose yeah rose ceremony there i just like it was it was horrible man it was it was so bad i literally like i had i'd start walking and i like had to tell them i just started breaking down i couldn't like i couldn't do the walk up to go up to the the stage and like i was like i can't gather myself right now like i i am so pulled in so many directions i like have you know i it was just it was insane it was so bad and and then just knowing to like having hurt people and like and and what was coming next? It was so difficult. So that one was. I remember that t- took me. I had to keep stopping them. Like, hey, like Paulie, the one of the guys that always that runs the uh, the ceremonies. Like, I got. I needed a minute. I need a minute. And I'd go and I had to stop again. Um, for, and then at the end, I remember with uh, when Chris came up to me and told me that I literally had nothing left. I was so just like so drained. And then on top of it, it was extremely hot that day. It was hot every day there, but. Um, you know, you're in a suit, you're standing there for a while, you know, waiting. And I was so, so drained. And then I got that news and I just like, I had like nothing left to like keep pushing. I just was like, I didn't even know what to say to him. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I've literally, I've got nothing left. Like I'm, I'm to my point. And that's when I was like, I just need to go. And like, I, yeah, we went to that like little house there and just, I laid down and I didn't even, I didn't think I could go forward with anything I really didn't um obviously gathered myself and talked talked it out a little bit um you know came back a little bit but it was just yeah it is one of those points that really no one can truly like no one will ever be able to understand because it's just so unique but uh, just the epitome of being drained it seemed like in that final week that they were doing even small things to try and just like break you down like when they have you go talk to uh madison pruitt even where you're sitting you guys are being like eaten alive by these giant flies even like these small subtle things seem almost designed (laughs) to just make everything as hard as possible you know 
Yeah, that, that was, I mean, that was just, I remember the, the fly thing was, that was where we were at. Alice Springs is a big thing there. But yeah, I mean, again, obviously I could, I could have handled the whole situation, especially towards the end, better for sure. And it probably would have made it easier on me. I'm not blaming really anyone for this. It just, it is what it is. But um, it was, yeah, it was very, very draining. I think I just put so much of myself into it and then I was so committed for, and then it just, yeah, kind of all just came like crashing down. And, um, but hey, on the flip end here, being able to get through that, I truly am grateful for that experience. Cause I'm like, if I can get through that, there's, there's yeah. pretty much nothing I can't get through. Like that was, that was tough. That was really, really tough. Totally. I, to me, I think it's one of the craziest, like psychological gauntlets any human being on planet earth can go through Yeah, because it's, I mean, you watch it all play out, just all the things you're talking about. It's, um, it's astounding that anyone makes it through it, honestly. Yeah, we had a um, we were talking yeah, to on, get so much feedback. <laughs> for sure, no. I mean, we were talking we were talking about that. We had a, a, a guest on our, on our podcast talking about um, she's a relation relationship um, doctor, essentially expert, and it, she was just giving us like a perspective of like we're we're kind of lucky to have had gone through an experience like that because not many people get to see how they act in relationships like with such a like a detailed synopsis of like how you handle certain situations and so you know if you truly mm-hmm. want to learn something from that and how you are and get better in certain ways like the show honestly probably is the best avenue for that so if you if you kind of can have that perspective like we're pretty lucky to have gone through something like this just to take that moving forward instant replay that's what we get. yeah <laughs> Instant replay of your love life. <laughs> yeah, you're like, once I lift someone onto a pool table, I definitely need to watch for the lights. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of clumsy errors like that, but you live and you learn, so. No, I really appreciate you going back through this with us. We, you know, we have a million questions and appreciate you talking to us about this experience, especially because it seems incredibly stressful. Um, now you guys have this podcast, you're talking to previous players, like what has that experience been like? Has it changed your view of the franchise at all? What do you think, Dusty? It's been great. I, it feels good being on this side. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, a we like, like I, I never really watched a show before and now I'm just like a spectator. Um, I wish, honestly, I knew what I knew now going into it, um, but it's not how it happened. But uh, I like being on the side, talking shit and talking about people. It's good. Good life. Uh, hey. Totally. I honestly think you guys were were in the last kind of phases of people just going into the show, not having watched that much of it, not really knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. It, I liken it to like back in the first you know 1890s when major league baseball first started there were some guys who were just like super good because they were like really athletic but they didn't know much about baseball they didn't spend their whole lives training but they were good enough in that era to be like professional level players Mm -hmm. and then obviously ultimately we're where we are now we're like the day you're born you're trained to be a baseball player and everything's perfect and all you get like mike trout coming out of it and stuff but uh i think like you guys did very good for the the era you came in and now we're just like it's a different time now. Everybody's seen everything. You get yeah. people like Hunter Montgomery coming in where it's like they called him <laughs> the bachelor historian or whatever, you know, and that dude knows the game cold. And it's like he can do whatever he can do with that, but he knows the game for sure. Yeah. 
It's really amazing how well a lot of these guys do on camera, like right off the bat. Like, I, I mm-hmm. modeled a little bit before going on the show, and still in front of the camera, I was just shell shocked. I just could not open up. My personality could not come out. And some of these people are just at it. And again, like you said, Chad, I think it just goes from them just watching years of it and just preparing for it. I don't know. And totally. practicing. Yeah. Connor Connor B talked about how his mom practiced bullying him to prepare him to come home. Wait, on. what? I didn't hear that. No. Really? Wow. He talked about it on a, a podcast and was just like, Yeah, she was like, People are gonna come at you and be like, You're a musician, you just wanna make money being a musician. <laughs> like you're a piece of shit or something like oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> it truly I'm, is like I'm, you know, <laughs> When you're a kid, or at least when I was a kid, the whole thing when you're in like in a baseball game and you're imagining it's bottom of the ninth, two outs, your team's down by one, the World Series, all that shit. I think the same now exists for people in bachelor scenarios where it's like, this is this is what I do on my night one or my fantasy suite. And it becomes this like you're envisioning mm-hmm. these future kind of sports moves. And I think like, especially on bachelor, bachelorette, not so much. I think guy players are still like a little behind the curve, but on bachelor, yeah. You're not going to see any players coming into Bachelor from this point forward who don't know everything about the game. Hey, well, Thanks you guys, to you guys, that... too. Thanks to you guys. You guys just really gave the book out there for success. Yeah, it'll be out January 18th. <laughs> everyone everyone <laughs> will then really know all the different components yeah, of the, the game. Gameplays, gameplays for what sure. Do you, what do, you, do you think that's going to keep? I mean, you think that's good for it? The, the future of the show moving forward? Or what do you think that does to it here, like the near future? Totally. I, I think the only way to keep it alive is a full embracing of the sports mechanics. Because really? I don't like we're watching ratings dwindle season after season. This Bachelor in Paradise ratings. We'll, I haven't looked at what last night's were. We're recording this on Tuesday, August 24th. But uh, their first episode was the lowest rated Bachelor in Paradise ratings of all time. Mm. Um, and obviously Katie Thurston's season had very low ratings, too. That could be a symptom of network TV just dying because more people are watching it on streaming or you know wherever. I think I, I scared everyone away after my season, so I just like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna well, peace. It's like, <laughs> the pandemic changes viewing habits and all that kind of stuff too. It also, there's so much wasn't competition. You. There's so much competition out there with different beach shows and dating shows mm-hmm. as well. And there there are a lot, yeah, shows. a lot of competi- more competition for sure. And it's in a little bit of a a gray area where they're trying to figure out the hosting and they're trying to figure out how they can get back to it looking a little more traditional. Like, I mean, your season had all the bells and whistles. You were flying around to different countries. You're going on yachts, helicopters, like you had it all. And then we go immediately into the bubble seasons, which had literally none of that. I think, yeah, I think that has the biggest thing. It takes a toll. The travel is huge for the show. Just that I think a lot of people watch for it too. And the adventure. So hopefully, you know, world opens up and we can get back to that and, Get some more seasons like that. It looks like Michelle Young's season has a little bit of that. But we uh, sincerely cannot thank you guys enough for joining us to talk about your season 24 and all of your social media habits as children and all the stuff that you watch. <laughs> so sure. thanks to uh, MSN Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to MSN Chad. If anybody's still on that, you can hit What was, what was your screen name on that? Mine? Yeah. It was probably like D-Man something. I used to go by D-Man. <laughs> D-Man. I've never heard oh, that. D-Man cool. 43. That was D-Man. my basketball number. D-Man 43. Yeah, I remember. Oh, my God. Well, there you go, guys. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Yeah, God. that's definitely what we're going to call you forever now. D-Man. Yeah, oh, man. We got Popeye and D-Man 43. Oh, Popeye man. I just, D-Man. 
I also just want to thank you so much for we got on this on this call and you guys were all wearing the Huju shirts and I just it was like I don't know it just really meant a lot and it of course guys chat was so but, yeah. tickled he was tickled by this man he was tickled he was I couldn't believe it because it was everyone was wearing it. I could not believe it but thanks again and obviously everybody go check out Bachelors in the City a fantastic podcast done by Peter and Dustin or sorry Popeye and D-Man 43 <laughs> there you go and uh, <laughs> Peter also has a book that I believe you can pre-order right now, right? I do, yeah. I'm super excited about it. The Adventures of Pilot Pete. It's uh, You can go on my Instagram. I got the link there for pre-ordering. You get a first edition signed copy. It'll be out in November. And uh, just a good good children's book to hopefully inspire you know children to follow their dreams. And it's what I did. And i um, really proud of it. So I'm excited. Awesome. D-Man, oh, you got I anything else? Uh, my startup, Guaranteed Karma. You can um, go on our yeah, go on our website, find uh, different opportunities to volunteer, and we give you perks from local businesses um, around the city. Um, hence, Guaranteed Karma. You do that's something amazing. good, you get something out of it. There you go. Yeah, that's good awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys. Of course. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Our pleasure. Thank you, everyone who joined us for this incredible conversation that we got to have with Peter Weber and Dustin Kendrick, a.k.a. Popeye and D-Man 43. This was a fascinating conversation for us to have. We learned a lot about the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that happened all throughout Season 24, especially about some of the bigger moments there. And please, if you would, go check out Bachelors in the City podcast. And if you got the time and inclination, leave them a good review. Leave them a five-star rating if you can and help get their podcast a little traction they would appreciate it and we would appreciate it because they took the time to sit down with us and and say all the things that they said so once again thanks everybody for joining us and we will see you next week please rate this podcast please review this podcast Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.